Hello, this is Michelle with the Climate Justice Network. You're hearing the third installment of the continued interview with the wagon burners. In this episode, you will hear them describe the difficulties associated with decolonizing fire. Jay Viles. I use he, him pronouns. I am a descendant of the Sixes people of the Rogue River and the Chinook people of the Columbia River. And I'm a Celeste tribal member. And I'm really happy and honored to be a part of um, the Wagon Burners, which is an eco-cultural burn crew. And I'm a member of them, yeah. Hey, I'm Bo Johnson. Um, I'm a part of the Wagon Burners um, Burn Crew, and I'm an enrolled Celeste Tribal member. Hey, I'm Dean. Um, yeah, I'm Navajo and uh, Wallapai. I'm enrolled Navajo, but you know. And um, I'm Dean, and I'm a Wagon Burner. And on the crew, I burn and you know, whatever we do. But yeah. I'm excited to be here, my first podcast, so this is cool. Uh, my name is Jesse Kidd. Um, I'm an enrolled member of the Chinook Indian Nation. Uh, I'm a crew member with the Wagon Burners, which is an eco-cultural um, fire and restoration crew. Um, I've spent my life on Kalapuin territory, and it's an honor to be working to help restore some of um, this landscape. And I also use she, her pronouns. crew does a lot of restoration work and uh, land stewardship and it's kind of fires at the center of it um, so um, ecosystems especially here need fire and uh, fire suppression has taken it away for the last you know 150 years or so Yeah, fire is one of those cool things where, for me, I grew up like hearing stories about, oh yeah, because I have a lot of basket weavers in my family, hearing about, oh yeah, fire is real good for, for me, basketry, you know, traditionally people were burning all the time out here, and, um, but I'd never seen it, you know what I mean, I never saw anything like that. So I think it was 2021, the Long Tom Watershed, um, Long Tom Watershed Board and um, this non-for-profit called Eco Studies based out of Olympia, Washington partnered together. They were seeing that there was a need for um, prescribed burn was kind of having a resurgence and um, they were seeing a need for native people to be at the forefront of that. So they started a, a training um, directed at native folks in the area and 
I think all across Oregon, people came out from Grand Ronde, from Salettes. Um, there were a lot of people there. And um, it, it took place at this spot called the Andrew Reasoner Wildlife Preserve, which is a property that the traditional ecological inquiry program has been doing work at for a long time. So 2021, we got to do this really awesome training that was uh, it was directed at native folks and we were kind of encouraged to try and decolonize the training process a little bit you know they it's cool because i've been a part of a lot of training where maybe indigenous knowledge isn't so like appreciated or or even respected and so it was really awesome that they really encouraged conversations with the native people that they were you know teaching and they were like you have you know traditional knowledge about this do you want to have any conversations about this and it was really an awesome opportunity and the training culminated in a burn that we got to do on that property and it was awesome just having a bunch of you know really seasoned um fire practitioners fire um suppression folks hold the line for us hand a drip torch to us and just say go play with fire you know go create a relationship with this this property go create a relationship with land and yeah it was just a really really awesome experience for sure um the andrew reasoners are super beautiful property um and yeah um we've been really excited to continue that relationship all through the winter we've been doing burn piles out there and we're gonna finally be doing another burn since that first initial burn this summer that we're really, really looking forward to. Something I like to say is fire is step zero in creating a relationship with the land, right? You're, you're clearing it out for new growth. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of a, a opportunity for rebirth in this spot and that you're connecting with. And you can watch as all the plant life comes back into that area. But um, yeah, what would I ask for people to recognize is that we as Native people have been, you know, it's not that we forgot about fire, it's that fire was taken away from us. Fire was taken away from us and fire was taken away from this landscape. And so I think it's important that we recognize in this work that that history, and I think it's important that we recognize that there's, yeah, there's extra labor that goes into it for us when we're trying to bring fire back in the land, especially, you know, cultural fire, when it's something that hasn't necessarily been super easy to access in our communities. So there's a huge amount of emotional labor that goes into every interaction, you know. Um, and I think also, like, people forget that, like, a lot of times Indian folks are mourning landscapes that, like, white people don't even, you know, realize. Like, a lot of, like, non-Native people will, like, go for a hike through something we see as, like, oh, this is a dug for plantation. Like, you know, I think of, like, um, folks I've met down in Kaduk territory who call those thick forests of dug fir genocide forests, you know? 
like that is a visual reminder of the genocide that happened and, and the result on the landscape. And so for us, like even just being out and doing this work in the land, not only is it healing, but to see, you know, and I think it's very healing to be able to say like, I can, I'm gonna dedicate my time to like changing that. But also like we walk through those same plantations of trees and we see like what has been taken from us, you know, like the oaks that are dying because of conifer encroachment, you know? So like there isn't a part, like every single part of it <laughs> involves labor, you know, emotionally, mentally, physically by Indian people, by queer people, by trans people, and by women who in a lot of communities are the folks who, you know, were the stewards of fire, you know? I think it's so funny that firefighting is such a male dominated field when like for many of our communities, women were the people who like held fire and kept it alive and like, you know, were in charge of you know, bringing that gift to the land and to their people. Yeah, shortly after the great Katie McKendrick, um, um, you know, she hired all of us and was like, time to come up with a name. What do you guys want to name yourselves? Completely up to us. It was pretty awesome. We had some, some talk and debate about it. Um, and we settled on the name Wagon Burners. And um, I think it has definitely been a controversial subject, yeah. obviously, with a lot of the folks that we, one of the first questions we get when we speak with folks is, why did you choose that name? What, what does that mean? And that's understandable for sure. Um, but I think the big thing that we're trying to get across is, you know, starting a conversation about the, sort of pioneer worship that exists in a lot of restoration spaces and shoot all spaces you know what i mean we live in eugene oregon um we're yep um you know there's you know pioneer square you know there's just so much of that and also with the naming of areas and it's something that I think that unfortunately we haven't had an opportunity to really look at the history as people who live here and recognize these people as um, uh, genociders, you know, as people who murderers and people who committed atrocities against native people. And um, I think we want to burn down that rhetoric of, you know, folks, um, yeah, wanting to, um, worship this idea of a history that didn't actually happen, you know, and recognize the reality that like native people, um, you know, despite many horrible, horrible things are still here. We're still here and we're still tending to our land, you know, and that's really important. And yeah, that's, that's what wagon burners means to me. Yeah, I think the name Wagon Burners definitely makes a lot of people uncomfortable, which I really like. I think uncomfortability can be really positive for white people sometimes. Um, and I think that, like, you know, as we have progressed more recently in, as a country and, like, looking at the history of Native people, like, there definitely has been there's this like trope that I see, which is like cooperative native people who like, you know, I see it in like um, different older native folks where people, you know, have this kind of like, put your head down and like, 
you know, don't cause a fuss, don't challenge the status quo, you know, because that's not safe to do. And for many generations of Indian people, it hasn't been, you know? Um, And I think that we are in a place now where we can really reclaim that, like, Indian people have the right to defend our communities. Indian people, and like, you know, bringing cultural fire back to the land is defending our communities. Um, Doing some of this work is definitely like I, I want to. Fl- I, I think that name is helpful in flipping that narrative on its head. You know that we're not going to be respectful to settler culture. You know, and settler values. You know, we are going to stand up in our in our truth and in our culture, and we're going to like if it, if that means burning wagons, like so be it. You know, we're not just here to give a land acknowledgement. You know, we're here to represent our our people, and we're here for our community. We're not here to make you feel better about yourself. Totally, yeah. We wanted to stick to that. Um, I would say a big barrier is smoke management. Kind of like Jesse mentioned earlier, um, we do a lot of burning near roads, near communities, and so um, getting the right um, general winds, but also transport winds, getting the smoke away from communities is a big deal. Um, the other thing that I would say is um, the qualifications for um, f- for us to do burns is really not compatible with the work that we're doing and working towards. Um, so. Basically, every every person in um, in Nomex on the fire with the responsibility uh, needs like a a minimum of a, a firefighter type two, um, and that and that's fine. Um, there's good necessary information, but NWCG um, system doesn't serve the work that we do well and so some of the trainings that we've done for our crew kind of incorporates more cultural aspects um, and even just prescribed burn. Um, I guess like one of the problems we could run into is like because we focus on cultural burning and not really well it is prescribed burning but we do cultural burning and when there's a lack of other non-natives that we burn with, like having that knowledge makes it difficult. Like say we went to a training not too long ago and we weren't able to do a burn our way, you know, um, have a little, um, you know, cultural aspect to it. There, like we didn't have time to pray or any of that special stuff that we, that, um, we hold, you know, close to us. And uh, what else, like, some other things we run into is just um, people not, yeah, just making that space for us, which, but like luckily burning with like eco studies, they make sure to like um, hold space for us in doing that, which is like really nice. I think, you know, there is a real, even among prescribed fire people like I think something that we see is people you know like there are folks who 
know about cultural fire, know about like indigenous history of fire, but besides those folks, people tend to fall into two camps, which are like unaware of indigenous fire history, unaware of like the impacts of it, you know, um, and or like, you know, people want to like exotify um, our presence in 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 a space as indigenous people and like um you know want to turn us having time to connect to the land into something that is like a spectacle um and i think yeah i want to take photos want to be like involved in something that isn't appropriate for them to be involved in you know um and and so i think when we're gonna put fire on the ground we take time to like discuss how every day how we think that that should best look and like provide people space to, to pray and to offer songs or medicine or whatever feels most appropriate, you know? You know, and also if we try and make sure that the people like lighting the first, you know, putting the first flames down are folks that are either from that territory originally or, you know, nearest, nearest to. Um, and I think it can be difficult because people haven't, you know, unless folks are burning with tribal people, like that's not something folks are used to. Um, and so I think that there can, we, like we do, we do run into a lot of like casual racism and a lot of like um, backwards thinking about um, indigenous people, you know, where people are either like um, not conscious about the impact of their words and not thinking, not conscious about addressing their own internal, you know, um, biases around Indian people, trans people, queer people, you know, two-spirit folks, uh, you know, or, or people are too afraid to, like, also make mistakes, you know, people are, are too afraid that they're going to say something wrong or do something wrong that, you know, they, they freeze up and they, um, they don't actually take the time to build the relationships with us, you know, and realize that, like, we're, we're real people, um, you know. I have not had the opportunity to burn on my homelands yet. Yep. I'm really looking forward to a Rogue River Trex that's coming up here soon. But other than that, I'm really just grateful and honored to be um, burning on Nis Nisqually territory, uh, Chehalis territory, Kalapuya territory, and Klamath territory for the most part. Yep. Yeah, no, same here. As a Chinook person, you know, who comes from a nation that, you know, has been prevented over and over again from gaining federal recognition. I'm sad to say that, you know, we haven't yet been able to put down cultural fire again on our territory. Um, you know, hope, I think that there may be opportunities in the, in the future, you know, um, and we've been working on relationships to help, you know, pursue that, but, um, no, that's something that I hope to see within my lifetime, you know, that's something that I want, you know, I want my kids as Chinook people to know fire on their territory, you know, but in, until then, like, however, like Jay was saying, you know, like, however we can show up to um, build relationship, you know, and build a future where, like, you know, until we can see cultural fire return to our territories, like, however, you know, I can be of service to the communities that, you know, that already are in this position to, to greet the return of cultural fire or are already doing it. However, I can show up and be of service to them 
in that um, process and also, you know, learn from them, learn whatever they're willing to share. Um, for me, we have a couple um, selects properties that we have in the works that we're going to burn. Um, so I guess you could consider that, um, you know, I'm a selects person, but um, the way that um, our tribe is set up, you know, we're a confederated tribe, so we have people all the way from the Columbia River um, all the way down to Northern California. Um, a little ways inland, you know, all up and down the coast. So um, we have people from all over. Um, one of my uh, uh, tribes is Kalapuya. Um, so we're in, in Eugene. Um, that's where Kalapuyan people are from. I'm from a little farther north, not necessarily the Kalapuyan people right here in Eugene. Um, but also, it can kind of get a little complicated um, you know the way our tribes identified where someone was from was you know where they lived that doesn't necessarily mean that you know their their um, parents were from there you know they could be from a, a neighboring tribe or even quite a ways away so um, I feel like when you look at your your um, what tribe you're from you know within the the confederation it's kind of a snapshot of you know um when people first got put on the reservation how they were documented so there's a quote from an elder a calipuya elder i'd like to quote esther stutzman she says that when the pioneers came over here um they didn't inherit an untouched wilderness. They inherited a park. You know, people, there were millions of people living in this area all over Turtle Island who were tending their land every day, you know. And some of the first journal entries of pioneers coming on the Oregon Trail remark about these Indians are burning their land down. They, they say that if if the Indians can't have it, no one should have it. They really saw fire as like an evil, evil thing. And I think um, through capitalism, through, you know, a lot of different powers that be, um, we've, we've been stripped of our indigeneity. I think all of us have. And, um, you know, Europe had to colonize itself before it could colonize other people. And people were burning in Europe just as much as they were, you know. And so I think a big goal of mine is um, helping people to recognize like we need to connect with the land in a serious way no matter who you are you need to be connecting and understanding the history and ecology of the place that you live and occupy and working with your community to make it a, a better place you know that's 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 something that's that ties us all together as human beings you know and uh, yeah, I think that that's something that we should all strive for and something that I personally want to strive for with my work with the Wagon Burners, for sure. People are prevented from, and like Jay mentioned this too, you know, like people are prevented from participating in their culture, from going out and digging roots and like, fishing and um, 
gathering materials that they need, you know, f to be cultural people by the 40 hour work week, by the constraints of, you know, the nuclear family and capitalism and all these things that have been shoved on us. Um, and so I really want to see more jobs where Indian people are doing restoration on the ground where, you know, like employers are saying like, hey, if you want to work 30 hours and have those last 10 be used for cultural processes or learning your language, you know, or um, spending time teaching your children your language, like I'll pay you for that because that is valuable. Like, um, I want to see more opportunities for people to be able to like step outside of those minimum wage positions that people are put in that prevent them from being out on the land and prevent them from being active in their communities. Um, and I think part of that is employing Native people, not as tokens, but like employing Native people in, in all parts of the workplace, you know. Um, that's just like one of my short-term goals, you know. Yeah, and speaking from a traditional sense, um, communities would help communities, you know, when in times of burning, in times of harvest, in times of all of those things. And yeah, it's a collaborative experience. And I think, um, you know, going back to talking about um, the confederated tribes that exist now due to the, and unconfederated tribes, um, due to the lack of resources that have been given by the U.S. government, there's been, and there, there's a vacuum, you know, and there's uh, all of a sudden a need to compete with one another that happens. And I see fire as an opportunity to heal those relationships that have been strained due to, you know, that lack of resources that exists in Indian country. I see fire as an opportunity for intertribal relationships that are traditional to our people to come back. Oh, this tribe is burning their property this summer. Let's, you know, let's send a couple engines out their way. Let's send our crew out to interact with them, you know, in a good way, share food with them, share culture with them. You know, that's the way it was traditionally. Potlatch culture. Potlatch, and that's what I want to see happen, you know. I want to see that healing come back to our communities and to our tribal governments. That's what I feel like we need right now. Recognizing that we're all Indian people dealing with very similar things and we can help each other with, instead of working against each other, we can work with each other to you know, support one another, I think is really important and something that FIRE gives us an opportunity to do big time. I think building trust has been really important. You know, I trust everyone on my crew. I feel like I can go out and work with people and know that they have my back. Um, you know, and I hope that like, I hope that others feel like, you know, I like we can show up for one another in a really reciprocal way. Um, being able to move as a unit together has been like amazing. Um, And I think, you know, to echo what Jay is saying, like a saying that I've heard that I really try and carry with me when I'm burning is fire will always be the best teacher. Like fire will teach you how to do fire. <laughs> fire will show you, you know, and when you're cocky, fire will take you down a notch. Um, when you're, when you need it, fire will lift you up, you know? Um, 
it's a really spiritual experience. Uh, and you know, you know, we've heard from folks who, you know, see the intention that we bring to every day that we put higher down. You know, folks have said like, wow, that was like nothing I've ever done before, you know, because I think like we need to recognize that like, um, fire isn't just about acres. Uh, it's not about how many seasons you have. It's about like long-term relationship to the land and long-term relationship to, you know, your community and other communities and also like relationship with fire, um, building a safe reciprocal relationship with fire itself. Uh, one thing I would say is those trainings are like, have, I mean, not heavily, they are based on suppression. And so it's just like that one point of view, you know, taking fire out. And so one thing that our uh, leadership has done is like kind of um, gather some uh, experienced Native folks that have been um, doing fire for a while. and. Um, they do some research, but also use their own experiences to just bring culturally relevant materials to our trainings. So we we get the the regular suppression knowledge and training, um, but we also get prescribed fire and and cultural relevant training. I think, yeah, I think we really try to like um, bring that like emphasis on like all of the importance culturally, you know, that all, all of the cultural importance that fire has. Um, but I also think it's really hard to decolonize anything instituted by the federal government. Um, you know, I think like we all recognize that like we are trying to, you know, right now we have to function within this system in order to get fire on the ground in the way that we, in the way that, you know, is happening. Um, and I think over and over and over, I hear indigenous folks talking about like, oh, how much they wish their elders who, who can't pass a pack test you know, that's where you have to put a 45 pound weighted vest on and like do three miles in under 45 minutes. There are so many people who can't pass this because, you know, like that's not, our, our burning has been inclusive until colonization, you know, like we need or, or can't take the time out of their work week to sit through these trainings and can't take the, the time away from their children. You know, there aren't paid, there aren't really that many paid opportunities for indigenous mothers to like have childcare, take time off work, you know, take time to sit through these trainings and get, get these qualifications. You know, nonetheless, like do this work, um, you know, cause we're, we're, we're we're not living in the same type of communities where there are enough people to watch the children and, and mothers can go out and put fire on the land, you know? Um, I would love to see, and I think, I, you know, I, I feel like I've heard this from other people, like a move away from these systems, a future where we don't need, uh, 
we don't need to have red cards. We don't need to have these certifications, you know, where we can put fire on the ground because we know it's the right thing to do. Um, I think, you know, I think there is a benefit to some folks to being able to function within that system and being able to go out on suppression crews and being able to like um, rise up through the hierarchy of it, you know, and gain um, awareness for our people through that. Um, but it's 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 difficult. It's like I think about that like, oh, do I do I want to be someone who like is able to like rise up through the ranks of this system? How can I how can I participate in this? And I think like we have we have this happening in various systems that we're forced to participate in all the time. To me, it feels like its own like fire world version of capitalism because they're so interconnected, you know, like, it's like I'm forced to participate in this system, you know, that regulates what I can do, what I can say, where, where, what my actions are. Well, at the same time, I'm scheming about how to operate outside of it or how to even like, you know, create a future that where this isn't necessary, you know, and it's difficult. It's hard, you know. Um, I think a lot of people have really bought into the idea that there are some people who should be doing fire and some people who shouldn't and like your masculinity your um you know how like fit you are like you, all of these all of these different things are you able to fit into this like brotherhood of like camaraderie or like stand up and like be toxic with your masculinity right alongside everyone else you know and i want to and i and i think like i want to see a future where like we anyone who wants to put fire on the ground can you know if they're working if they're if if they're you know a member of a tribal nation or if they're even a settler who wants to like be respectful and in, in building relationships to like help other tribal people put fire on the ground like i want to see a future where where fire and burning isn't exclusive and isn't only for some from the like suppression only Smokey the Bear uh, programming that we've all been taught and like you know this needs to be a part of our our self-education you know what is the history of fire what is the history of the indigenous nations on the land that I live who are these people you know now where are they living are they living in my own neighborhood oh yes they are how can I support these folks how can I um, you know show up and understand the history and like work to build a better collaborative future. So hopefully we can be a part of that. Learn the history of the land that you occupy is a big one. I think, I mean, you already said that, but um, learn the history, support Native people in any and all um, restoration efforts that you're working on. And don't just support them by letting them do the work you know support them and pay them for the work you know is a big part of it a lot of people expect native people to do work on their behalf and just be grateful for the opportunity to do that work but we need to be compensated for it you know we're doing work on your behalf and we should be compensated for that And I may echo, like, also, like, just as much as people need to be learning, just as much as people need to be learning, like, the history of these places, with that 
comes learning the history of Indian removal, the history of black exclusion, you know, like the history of the fish wars. People need to look at and think about like the folks who, you know, were out here committing genocide had names and those names are on our buildings. Those names are, you know, Lane County, Skinner's Butte, Eugene, Oregon, named after Eugene Skinner, you know. Um, heck, our current police chief is a Skinner. Like, there's there's ways that we we need to like look at and think about, like, if 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 we're gonna learn the cultural history, if settlers are gonna be like thoughtful about, um, you know, engaging with native communities, they need to learn, like their ancestors and their relatives side of things, you know? Um, you know, Indian people didn't go peacefully. <laughs> um, um, you know, I just think that like, we need to have a holistic knowledge of this place and this land. If you'd like to show some love to the wagon burners, please check the links below. This has been Climate Justice Network. I'm Michelle. Thank you for listening.